0: Today, we follow up on our single most popular episode to date, Missing 411. In part two, we'll revisit with missing persons researcher David Politis, discuss what he's been working on, and the pushback he receives when requesting files on missing individuals. We'll also look at some missing person cases and discuss feral people, wild men, and the alien abductions believed to be associated with many of these
1: bizarre disappearances. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If you're a hardcore outdoorsman and camping enthusiast like Mike and Ian, stick around for this cautionary tale before you and your tent head for the great outdoors this holiday weekend. This is Necronomapod.
2: I've got a bicycle that has went off the Salt Lake Road about uh, mile marker 7, and I can't find anybody around it. You might want to send a ranger up here so we can see what's going on. Ron, I'll hit that way. Is that bicycle down the bank a ways, or is it easy
0: to get to? It's easy to get to. It's got a little character on the back of it, too. It looked like it crashed off the road. Okay, so it didn't look like maybe somebody hit there so they can go off the right? It doesn't look like anybody hit it. It looks like he just went off the road. Um, I'm going to stay here until you get up this way. I'll tell you guys one thing. Now that I'm no longer in the narrator, narrator's chair, it means one thing.
2: Whiskey. Beer. Tequila. More beer. More vodka. More whiskey. And more beer.
0: Back to no rules for me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to behave. And... You took it easy. You yeah, toned it down a bit last week. Well, you have to. You don't have time to drink that much when yeah. you're talking so much. Don't you get parched though. You, you get, get very drink parched. more you would think. Well, the anytime you guys would interrupt, that'd be like my cue to boom, throw some back. Ian, how did you enjoy your vacation? It's over. You look well well refreshed
3: yeah. and It was pretty good. Yeah. Spent I spent all of it working on that bonus episode last week. <laughs> <laughs> Which Love has
0: won,
1: Ian. That's Love is won I was like,
3: what did we do last week? Love has won. Yeah, I know on that bonus episode I said I would have updates for people. I don't know if that's going to happen, now. Tried to watch the stream this week, every morning. Not good. No? <laughs> it's not great. It's not very interesting anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, give it time. It's still fresh. We'll yeah. get some updates once somebody new takes over or whatever. I think this and... thing's going to die on the vine right here in front of your eyes. Yeah, I'm kind of sick of watching these stereotypical... Yoga, white girls drink uh, big Starbucks drinks and talk about how Saturn is in retrograde. And <laughs> I'm about over it. <laughs> so ooh, there might not be any more updates coming from me. Three and a half seconds for me to be over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I watch about 10 minutes. I'm like, all right, I'm, oh. I'm done.
0: First time I heard like the ice clink in their glass, like in one of those big, you know, coffee cups. I'm like, no, thank you. Yeah. The only ice I like to hear on this show or in general is Dave's whiskey cup. Okay. Like get your little on the rocks going. Not tonight, though. It's bearded.
1: No, tonight. no, not tonight.
0: Back at that kegerator. Be hitting it hard. old standard. The standard. Ian's back in the narrator chair. Things are back to normal and we're uh, I'm ready to go.
1: Before we get this started, was- Mike, I've been saving this for a few days, if you will. I believe on last week's show, I predicted the Oilers would go down in five games in the first <laughs> round and they even bested you were my wrong. suggestion. They went down four to nothing in four games. Uh, how did how are you feeling about that? And they got what they deserved. What can you say? <laughs> <laughs> Four games. Three of
0: them
3: went to overtime. They lost all three. Damn, Weren't they really good? Or were they like one of the better teams?
0: They, uh, Yeah, I think they were like the 10th best team in the league. So, like, not great. Oh, but okay. the team that they were playing, because the way the NHL had it set up this year, is you only played, like, your own division. And so they created an all-Canadian division for the Canadian teams. Because, of course, Canada was like, yeah, we're not fucking going to the United States. There's a pandemic. They're, we see how they handle that. <laughs> so...
1: <laughs> I th- ain't getting no vaccine. Yeah. So the- fuck
3: your grandma. <laughs> yeah.
1: Fuck your grandma. Natural selection, bitch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's exactly why the Canadian teams were like, yeah, we'll just play each other. <laughs> and so Edmonton played Winnipeg nine times this season and they beat them seven out of
1: those nine games mm. and then proceeded to lose four straight. <laughs> DM me for my hockey picks in round two. Yeah. (laughs) Well, 25 bucks a pick. Off off by one
0: game. Not bad. (laughs) But it was still an okay week for me because on Sunday, the reigning defending NASCAR Cup Series champion Chase Elliott scored his first win of 2021. How about that? Mm, Nice. So that helped because on Sunday, I think Edmonton lost game three that night (coughs) after uh, giving up it. They were up four to one with eight minutes to go in the game. Wow. And then they lost in overtime.
3: (laughs) This week is uh, as soon as
0: they uh, the Jets tied it and the regulation ended. I was like, fuck this. I'm going to take a shower. I know exactly how this ends. (laughs) And I was right.
3: (laughs) This weekend's big for you, right? NASCAR.
0: Uh, Just auto racing in general. Uh, Just in general. Big Formula One race Sunday morning and the Indianapolis 500.
1: (laughs) 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 Fat, 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 fat.
0: (laughs) (laughs) the indy 500 sunday afternoon and then uh the nascar 600 mile race which is entirely too long but it's their longest race of the year is sunday night so literally there's racing on from like 7 a.m until 11 o'clock at night you're gonna be worn out monday from all that hard (laughs) work you're gonna do it's a lot of beer drinking from now until sunday let me tell you we got three straight nights for here because we're recording tomorrow and we have a, a neighborhood reunion on Friday. We haven't done that in over right, a year. Right. Saturday, we'll see. Maybe I'll maybe I'll hydrate, drink some body armors
1: and some there ice water, go. and Sunday back at it. So
0: that's what I got going on in my sports
1: life. What do you guys got going on? Nothing. Yeah, nothing I can think of. i do some barbecue. Yeah. There you go. Hey, perfect weekend. Smoke some work. stuff. Meat, I go. mean. Smoke some meat.
0: Yeah. Smoke it just like the Browns smoked the Steelers in the playoffs last year. What? Uh, what? <laughs> <Just> r- random. <laughs> random Steeler hate for no reason.
1: It's always appropriate.
0: <laughs> the uh, Penguins play tonight. You know, if you're mm. a Pittsburgh Penguins fan, they're down three to two. They face elimination tonight. Really? Dave, what's your official prediction? New York Islanders are up three to two in the series. I believe the game already started, so people. Or
1: people oh, Islanders yeah. all the way. Yeah? Yeah. Not root for Pittsburgh team. <laughs> I was checking uh, the score.
0: Dave, uh, congratulations. Islanders won five to three. Ian, I'm sorry. The Pittsburgh Penguins
1: have been eliminated from the playoffs. I God called damn. it. <laughs> you got money on that. Uh, you owe me 25 bucks for my pick.
0: So, all right. Well, go, yeah, go see, uh, go go talk to Dave if you want to play mm-hmm. some bets.
1: On the NHL, at least. That's where he's an expert. I'll give you the freaky Friday tip of the day. Uh, win two times, double your money back. Give me $25, and I'll give you the pick. <laughs>
2: See, maybe this is
0: an idea for a $15 tier on ta- Patreon sports bet talk with Dave. <laughs> he'll give you the lines. He'll tell you his thoughts on each thing. Oh, yeah. All right. You'll win big every time. So, I think I think we talked about this on our cool-down show on Patreon Missing, when we gave everyone, you know, if you if you are a patron, you get to hear kind of an overview of what our schedule is going to be for the coming month. Missing 411, I believe, is still our most downloaded episode mm-hmm. to date. And it is the episode where people like new listeners to this day will message us and say, I was searching for a missing 411 show and I found you guys. Mm-hmm. It's this, the episode where people find us, it seems
3: like. And Skinwalker Ranch is probably number two. It's actually either trending now or was trending last week on uh, the Tock Tick, as you call it. The Tock Tick? Why? Yeah. I have no idea. Just randomly. Maybe somebody posted mm. something from ChatSnap. <laughs> 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 Uh Angie was helping me look up some of the Wild Men stuff, and it was like viral on there.
0: Wow. Perfect timing. I guess so, yeah. I guess we got to get on TikTok. We better learn some dances or something. is now what people do up there? Our name's been taken. Yeah, That's remember? True. Yeah. Well, good. will get um, something cool down meteor or something. There you go. Now someone just stole that. We won't be on talk tech. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, yeah, this is a pretty
1: popular episode. It's almost two years old at this point, I think. Yeah. It it's, July of 2019. So early on. Which I think is good because enough times
0: past, we have more shit to talk about. Yeah. People go missing every day, Dave. Lots of it's people. sad going. fact of life in America. Well, this is why you don't go camping. You stay indoors. Or at least go in like a an RV or a camper clamping. or something. Go clamping, yeah. glamping,
1: clamping. You're saying with a G, G glamping. Okay. I think this microphone's popping and it's making it sound like a C,
0: like when he said "arida" last week. <laughs> arida potatoes. It's arida. It's an
1: Ohio accent. Fuck off. <laughs>
0: it's more like a Boston, isn't it? I don't know. Anyways, okay, Ian, what do we got?
3: So tonight, like you said, we're gonna be talking about missing four one one on top of it being one of the biggest subjects we've covered or most popular, it's one of the creepiest that we've done. And I think it's one that we all agreed on that something strange is going on, that it's just not as simple as somebody getting attacked by an animal or something.
1: Definitely not. There's a lot of very odd, circumstantial, you
3: know, whatever, (laughs) occurrences that add up to something not being right. It is really weird, yeah. If we remember from the first episode, the US National Park Service doesn't keep a database of how many people have gone missing in national parks because they say it would cost millions and millions of dollars to set that up. They're they're like,
0: fuck it, too many. We can't keep track of that.
3: (laughs) You keep track of it. What they do keep a record on is um, search and rescue efforts yearly. So we did our first episode, like you said, Dave, back in July of 2019. Since then, there have been about 7,000 search and rescue efforts made in national parks. It's not clear on what the outcome of those efforts were, but David Politis estimates from his research that 1,600 people would fit into the missing 411 category. So in theory, that would mean since our last episode, about 3,200 people have gone missing in national parks under strange circumstances. It's amazing. It's fucking scary. That's why I stay home.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> I, 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 I don't think that's the only reason, but yeah. <laughs> I, get, I, get I don't need to go in the woods. There's no need. There's bugs. There's animals. It's dirt. Ugh. None of those are great. No.
0: The worst thing in the world is getting dirt under your fingernails. That's awful. <laughs> I know I sound like a whiny bitch, but I hate it. I loathe it.
3: I'm not that bad. I like... I mean, I like... Going outside and doing yard work and shit.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't mind. Well, I like cutting the grass and stuff, but like, I'm not digging in gardens. No, not not by you know
3: your choice.
0: Choice. Like if I have to do it, I guess I'll pull (laughs) some weeds so I can give them to my friends to smoke them and
1: stuff. (laughs) Don't pull a weed, not even one. (laughs) I'll pull a weed, and
2: you
0: know, I don't know how people make all this money. I pull my weeds and sell them. I get like 35 cents. (laughs) Like what the fuck?
3: How do I get the good weeds? Well. That's a trade secret. David Politis is the guy who brought Missing Four Hundred One to the public attention. He runs the website CANAM Missing, which is dedicated to his research on this subject. And to date, he has published nine books relating to Missing 411. In our last episode, we did a fairly deep dive into David's background and pointed out some fair things that would damage his credibility, I guess potentially, like him being the director of North America Bigfoot Search Group
1: doesn't damage his credibility
3: in my eyes.
0: Well, and he's also a big Betty Hill
3: supporter, so take that for what it's worth. The thing that damaged his credibility was that Doctor uh, Melba Ketchum, I think is her name. She said that they had the DNA thing from Bigfoot, oh, and yeah. she had the scientific paper and just stretched it out, stretched it. It out. was.
1: It was. Uh... Yeah, it wasn't anything
3: he did. It was just because he was associated with them. Um, right, he was the director. Yeah. So it kind of... Guilt by
1: association. Yeah, I
3: don't think... Things it, that took place, yeah. I don't think it damages his credibility. No. Oh. But people point to it like, oh, yeah, he was part of that whole... All that shit.
0: Ian associates with us. I don't think it damages <laughs> his credibility. He's still like on the <laughs> China Institute <laughs> website. <laughs> They're like, oh, we could we could point out that Ian's not great. Look who he hangs out with, Those jackasses. <laughs> Nothing he says is relevant or
1: (laughs) worthwhile or factual or true. It's still a risk he's taking every day.
3: Sure is. (laughs) A couple times a week. (laughs) Before we get into some cases and theories, let's just do like a recap on what David Pilatus has found and what would be considered a missing 411 case to him. People who go missing usually do so in national parks around large bodies of water or near boulder fields. People from both ends of the intellectual spectrum go missing. People that are very smart or have learning disabilities. It's just the whole gamut of people.
1: What about people of average intelligence? I, I, Do they go missing too? Yeah. Whole spectrum. Everything. What okay. about people of super intelligence
0: <laughs> like Ian and I who don't fucking go to the parks? <laughs> Guess what? We're still here. <laughs>
1: Checkmate. So you're saying, I think they say
0: checkmate at that point. You're okay? saying
1: all super smart people obviously stay home. So they're not even, they're off that spectrum because they're not even, you know, it's not even a possible thing that could happen.
0: I mean, if if we decided to go out, then it could, but no, we don't, we don't. Why would we do that? Why would you walk outside and like for fun, <laughs> like hike, like, so you're choosing to sweat in the
3: sun? Hmm. No, thank you. No, thank you. Uh-uh. I'm good. Yeah. People from both ends of the physical spectrum go missing They're physically disabled. They can't walk long distances and people that are super active and are very familiar with the outdoors. So, again, everyone. <laughs> hey, this is his criteria. I didn't write this. <laughs> Come on, David. You can get a little better. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <mess. laughs> If the missing- People that consume <laughs> oxygen go missing in national parks. <laughs> people that have been known to have a heartbeat <laughs> go missing in national parks.
3: Interesting. If the person is found alive, they usually have memory loss about the entire event. That's what kind of makes me question the feral people sometimes. I don't know how that
1: plays in. Like if feral people grabbed you, yeah, why would you have memory loss? What if feral people are actually more intelligent? Than us. Hmm. Like they know how to hypnotize people? Erase your memory kind of thing? Maybe so. Hmm. What if?
0: Just because they're in the backwoods doesn't mean that that they don't have underground layers or something. Maybe they got one of those little men in black pens. (laughs) (laughs) Boom.
3: (laughs) (laughs) If the person is found dead, the cause of death is almost never determined. Often seeming as though they died without a cause at all. Medical examiners usually list that they died from exposure... If they don't have a better answer to give.
1: I guess to be fair, though, if you get lost in the woods and you're out there for any amount of time before they find you, there's probably not much left of you, which makes it hard to determine cause of death. Also true. Once those animals get to you.
3: Yeah. There's a lot. A lot of these stories, people are it's skeletal remains. Yeah. So if if you don't have like trauma to your skull or something. Right.
0: I also wonder how much do you think plays into account maybe trauma, maybe shock of like if you get lost, and then being in such a dense forest, you just lose track of time, and maybe that's why there's some of these cases where like they quote lose time. You don't know what time of day it is necessarily. You you don't know how many days you've been gone. Your body's in shock. You're confused. Mm. You're scared. You're just trying to survive. I mean that's a part of it too. Yeah, but like, you, you just get yourself
3: confused, and you know you don't you you lose track of how yeah. many days it's been or mm-hmm. what time it is. Right. The not remembering thing seems to be a lot with uh, the kids that turn up alive. Which like could be a good thing. They'll say like they don't sense. remember any like, of it.
1: That makes sense. Yeah. Like that's really traumatic when you're little. Your brain blocks things like that out. Right.
3: So that, that maybe that, then that goes it feels along with like that. a
0: week and it's been an hour. Maybe it's been an hour, but it felt like a week.
3: Yeah. Or, you know, so the people missing, whether it's alive in some cases or dead, are found in areas that seem difficult if not impossible to reach by foot or in the time that has passed. For example, a child being found 12 miles away in just a few hours. A common example is kids as young as two and three going missing and being found in high elevations such as mountains 2,000 feet in the air. Sometimes the kids have their clothes on backwards or inside out and their parents claim that they can't even dress themselves yet.
1: Missing 411 will make you jump jump. Feral people make you jump
0: jump. We <laughs> said they have their clothes on backwards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it all adds <laughs> What the fuck did you say last week? <laughs> oh, you know why Alexander Graham Bell called it a telephone. Because they had a nice ring to it. <laughs> That's <right>. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You're just mad you didn't think of the crisscross <laughs> joke, motherfucker. Yeah,
0: that's it. <laughs> Dave, I was barely alive when crisscross was around. <laughs> My mind doesn't go there. I was like four, maybe. When, when, when was that? I don't know. Early now I hear backwards clothes.
1: I think of crisscross. <laughs> Come
3: on. Okay. They had like the backwards, uh, like overalls, right? Weren't they in the one? Was it overalls? I think or? it was overalls. Right? Again, like we one don't one know. We were, with one? <laughs> we were three. We were three. <laughs>
0: we probably had on backwards overalls. So we couldn't dress ourselves at that time. Or Oshkosh. Oshkosh-Bagosh. Uh Yeah, the, the little gimmick overalls.
1: Yeah. Okay. I think they might have did costume changes in that video. They were wearing a bunch of different things backwards. Yeah. Does that sound right? It's been a long time. As Mike alluded to, it was a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> I Haven't seen it in quite some time.
0: I wanted to make the joke last week, but I was too focused on my shit about... To ask Dave what it was like seeing Garfield's body in the Capitol Rotunda, when
1: that there.
0: <laughs> if it was emotional or if you could give us certain your insights, <laughs> very mean and hurtful,
1: <laughs> and not possible, not possible, not possible, Mike. We not we missed mo- in about a decade.
3: <laughs> missing people are found in an area that has been searched by search and rescue teams numerous times over a period of days usually a week or sometimes longer. And sometimes they're found on a trail where the search and rescue teams would use to, to get into the area. It's like almost like they were placed there. It's very strange when you read some of those cases and people are like, I've, we walked past here numerous times. Like there's no way we would have missed the person. Which then that kind of almost lends itself to be like feral people. And bringing them back and like, Depositing. Knowing where everyone is yeah. and then putting it in the right spot. Like that's. Yep. A lot of cases involve people who go missing for a week, but only died a day or two prior to being found, which raises the question of where were they during the time that they were missing as well as what happened to them. That there is terrifying. Yeah. I mean, I think wrong turn type stuff right
1: there. Feral people. Yeah. I meant to ask this or I'm not meant
0: if you get on this later then just let me know and we'll hold off but have they, do they ever find any of these bodies
3: with any any type or signs of sexual abuse or sexual assault not that i know of well, well actually david Pilatus doesn't uh, if there's like a clear cut crime he doesn't even look at it gotcha like if the person has mental illness like history of mental illness he doesn't consider it okay any like suicidal that. so that makes sense yeah now. Because it skews the research right? for what he's doing, yeah. Yeah. Um, We talked about people being found at high altitudes or in like really tough terrain. A lot of times people's shoes go missing, either just one or both of them. But then their socks or the soles of their feet don't have any dirt on them or anything. Maybe it's like the last thing they take. They dump your body and then they take your Yeezys. (laughs) Feral people walking around with like no clothes, but just Yeezys on. (laughs) The search and rescue dogs are a lot of times unable to pick up a scent. Or if they do, they start walking just like a few feet and then they start acting odd, do a circle and sit down, which is not a common behavior for for those type of dogs. That's pretty strange. That they just stop. Yeah. Yeah. Very unusual. A lot of times investigators don't find any tracks, and if they do, they stop all of a sudden and lead nowhere, just like the person vanished into thin air. So that's kind of a recap on missing 401 and kind of what goes into all this stuff. The first case is Stacy Aris.
0: I think we're gonna get into a couple cases now.
3: Yeah. Is that next step? The the first one is a girl named Stacy Ares. On July 25, 1981, 14-year-old Stacy Aris went on a trip to Yosemite National Park in California for horseback riding, specifically a part of the park called Sunrise Meadows. She was with a group that consisted of her father and six other family members or family friends. The group traveled up to an area of cabins known as the Sunrise Sierra Camp that's about 9,400 feet above sea level. Once the group got to the cabin, their plan was to stay the night and rest up for horseback riding the following day. Stacy changed her clothes and decided that she was going to go for a walk on a nearby trail to take some pictures of a lake that was on this trail. Stacy asked her father if he wanted to go with her, and he said no, he was just going to rest. And there wasn't anything, like he didn't think of anything to worry about because there were other people around plus the members of their group. Like this was, I guess like peak time for this area. so there was a lot of people. people everywhere. Yeah, like the cabins were all occupied. Stacy started to walk toward the trail when about a hundred feet from the cabin, family friend Gerald Stewart was sitting on a boulder. Reporting on Gerald's age varies. Some sources say that he was 70 at the time, and some say 77, but either way, he was in his 70s. She stopped to talk to him and take some pictures around where he was sitting. Stacy told him she was going to walk to the lake area and Gerald agreed to go with her because it wasn't a rough trail or anything like that. So she was wearing flip flops and it wasn't going to be hard for a guy in his mid to late seventies.
1: Seventies is the new fifties,
3: right? Yeah.
1: Well, I do feel like
0: in your seventies, it might be a little bit difficult to get hard. But <laughs> that's why there's
3: always Blue Chew,
0: <laughs> not official sponsor of Necronomapod.
3: <laughs> and never will be. Even though we do uh, pretty much do the work for them with <laughs> advertising. You know, Facebook listens to what you do, right? Like what you do on your phone. So when people listen to us in the car, they start oh. getting Blue Chew ads on their Facebook accounts and stuff. I've seen some screenshots of that.
0: And yet we've seen not a fucking dime from them. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I, 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 look, I... They want male listeners and the majority of our audience is female. But I still argue that if you can get the female convinced, then she's going to go home and buy homie uh, some blue chew, and drop it in his beer. Right. Or just say, hey, you do well, but why not do better? <laughs> Be I was, best. I was just listening to a, uh, <laughs> I was listening to a shoot interview with uh, this is way off topic. Wrestling manager, Teddy Long. Mm hmm. Uh, you know, Teddy Long? No. uh, He was like a manager for a while. He was a referee. He used to manage Ron Simmons when he was with Doom. I'm the Doom tag yep. team. So he was their manager back then. And uh, he used to sell Blue Chew to the wrestlers because he had a prescription. He would sell it to them. And then and they asked him, like, well, why were you taking Blue Chew? Like, he was still young and vibrant. He goes, I didn't need it. But, you know, why? Why just put unleaded in your car when you can put the high octane It just it's better better performance i was like okay the t- logic is t- undeniable t- fucker touche sh- why have a throbbing erection when you can have a thunderous erection
3: like bluechew.com
0: good tagline i just made that up maybe that's a shirt we can't put blue on it though unless they're actually gonna fucking pay us just spell it like B-L-O-O-C-H-O-O, like Blue Chew. And if we don't even put out a, we don't even put out a retro, we just say, why be thunderous? Or, why are we throbbing when you can be thunderous? There you go.
3: So they were still pretty close to camp, and multiple people reported seeing them walking together. At some point, Gerald sat down to rest for a minute, and Stacy said that she was going to walk a bit further to see how far the lake was away, and she would be right back. Gerald... And other people staying at the campsite, as well as a camp tour guide, saw Stacy walk away to see how much further the lake was. They watched as she walked behind some trees, and that's the last time anyone saw Stacy. Just like that. Mm. When she didn't come back like she said she was going to do, other members of their group went walking down the trail to see what she was doing. There still wasn't too much concern because it had only been a short amount of time and they figured she stopped somewhere to take some pictures. As they kept on the trail, they ran into a group of hikers that said they never saw Stacy, which more than likely they should have seen her. So this is when a little bit of panic started to set in. At this point, people began to search out in the woods, but the only trace of her was her lens cap for her camera laying on the ground not far from where she was last seen. After about an hour of searching with nothing, authorities were called in and a massive search and rescue was started involving 150 people, including 67 Mountain Rescue Association volunteers using tracker dogs and helicopters. They found nothing. There were no tracks, none of her belongings, even the dogs couldn't pick up a scent. It was legit like she just vanished into thin air and to this day she's still considered a missing person. Wow, that's unbelievable. It's right off the trail like that.
1: Yeah. And just in, in an instant almost. And you figure if there were <clears throat> or as many people there, like you described, like if it was some sort of kidnapping or something, you someone would have heard something or seen a struggle or heard screaming something. Yeah. There's nothing. No eyewitnesses. Just like you said, gone. Yeah. in mean, multiple lens, people. The lens of her camera.
3: Multiple people watched her walk into that area. and mm that was it. So fucking weird. It really is. Don't
0: go camping, folks. Stay inside.
3: David Politis has tried to get the files on Stacey's case through filing Freedom of Information Act requests, but has had no luck about this. He said, quote, so there was essentially
0: nothing about this case for 25, 30 years. I made a request on it through Yosemite for the Freedom of Information Act to get a copy of the report. A special agent for the Park Service named You called me and asked me why I wanted the report. And I explained that we were doing some research on search and rescue, and we were specifically looking into people who disappeared at Yosemite, and we wanted to see what in the report there was there. And he said that there was nothing there. And I said, well, are there any suspects? Is it a criminal case? He said, nope, it's a missing persons case. I said, has anybody looked at it in the past 10 or 20 years? He says, not that I can think of. And I said, so there's no suspects and there's no work done on the case. She hasn't been found. Correct. And I said, okay, well, could you send me a copy of the case? And he said, nope. I said, why not? He said, because it's an open case and you'll never see it. And I said, but we've got dozens and dozens of missing person cases from the Park Service. Why not this case? He goes, you'll never see it. And I said, what do you mean I'm not going to get it? It's an open missing persons case. Any criminal elements? Nope. I said, are there any suspects? Nope. Well, why won't you give it to me then? And then he says, well, we never give away these cases. I said, wait a minute. I have dozens and dozens of these cases from your agency all over the US. He says, no, you don't. I said, yes, I do. And we get into this talk. He challenges me. He's rude. He says right from the get-go, I'm never going to get this. And so far, he's right. And we got off the phone. I went to my local congressman, Ian Campbell. I appealed through him. His representative in Washington, D.C. went and met with the representative from the Department of the Interior, and I got an answer back saying they won't release the case. The family of Stacy got a hold of me. They publicly asked for the case. It was denied. They made an appeal through the Park Service so the family could read the case, and this has dragged on, I think, for two or three years, and they still haven't seen the case. So what happened to Stacy? Don't really know. But according to the Freedom of Information Act and what the law is intended to do is give us access to information that our government has. This isn't a criminal case. There are no suspects. There's no crime that is thought to have occurred. Nobody can explain to me or that family why we can't see this case. Well, it's not great. Pretty, pretty, <laughs>
1: pretty weird. And that's how it still sits. To this day, they're just like, nope, no, you're not getting that. And unless you're, you know, like the AP or the Washington Post and you have legal counsel in deep pockets where you can take them to court, the yeah. government with the FOIA stuff, like they don't have any reason to give it to you because they and know that you're not going to do anything about it. If
0: you know, I mean, you might even know this, if they take them to court, what are the, what's the percentage of them actually getting it still? Like, does it just go on and on and on. And I don't know. They're beaten in the submission or are there people. I mean, I guess
1: they're probably getting it at some point. I mean, you hear stuff being released all the time because the AP or whoever sued them, and that's the only way they were able to get it. But he's still like this Politis guy
0: is no ham and egger. Like, I'm sure they know who he is. He's got dozens and he said dozens and dozens of cases. Why this one? Why not? There's there's allegedly no suspects. No crime has been committed. Yet he's not getting this one that's 30 years old
3: and, quote, still open. What's interesting about David Politis with this kind of stuff is he doesn't like blame the government or say that there's like some grand conspiracy. He just points mm, out. He just wants w- to know. When these things happen, he just points it yeah. out. That's what I like about him as a researcher is he doesn't jump to any conclusions or give his opinion on it. He just puts it all together.
1: Wasn't he an officer way back when?
3: Yeah, he was. He started as a he cop. Was, well, if you can go back and listen to <laughs> Missing 411 Part 1 back in the archives. <laughs> he, he was part of multiple things. Like he was part of SWAT team, mm, all kind yeah. of different He's the stash dude, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Badass looking dude. We might have to post a photo of him again just for that stash. Yeah. He was involved in all different branches of law enforcement. Yeah, I thought so. The worst part of the story is that how bad does
1: her father feel that he just went and took a nap instead of going with her? Yeah. It's tough to live with.
0: Yeah. I mean, you don't fault him, though. He She was, what, 14 and she's just yeah. going a few hundred feet
3: away? Still. It's tough. Yeah. I mean, living with it. Yeah. Uh, you just don't think anything's going to happen. Yeah, or... of course not. Just. Hey, go walk. I'm going to go walk by the lake. All right. Then boom, you never saw again or seen again. Mm, Terrifying.
1: We'll be right back.
0: Is there something interfering with your happiness? Something keeping you from achieving your 2020 goals? Let's face it. These are certainly trying times. From being cooped up inside your home to wondering how you're going to pay next month's bills, we're all experiencing some form of stress or strain on our mental health. And for that, BetterHelp is here for us. BetterHelp is an online mental health provider that will assess your needs and match you up with your own licensed professional therapist. The best part? No waiting rooms. That's a pretty big deal if you're as impatient as I am. BetterHelp is a safe and private online environment that will have you communicating with a counselor within the first 24 hours. And once you've begun, you can send your counselor a message at any time, always getting a helpful response in a timely manner. You even have the ability to schedule weekly video or phone sessions, all from the comfort of your very own couch. BetterHelp is available worldwide and has a broad range of expertise available, including licensed professional counselors who specialize in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflict, LGBT matters, grief, and self-esteem. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're currently recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Not happy with your counselor? No worries. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches and makes it easy and free to change counselors if needed. Remember, everything you share with your BetterHelp counselor is completely confidential. And while it's not a crisis line, it is a convenient, professional, and affordable way to seek the help you deserve. Financial aid is even offered to those who qualify. Want to hear how BetterHelp assisted people just like you? Check out the testimonials posted daily on their site. Look, we here at Necronomapod want you to start living a happier life. So, as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting BetterHelp.com Necro. Join over 1 million people already taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp, better com slash Necro.
3: The next case is the disappearance of Jacob Gray. On April 5th, 2017, at 22 years old, Jacob Gray left Port Townsend, Washington, on his bike, pulling a trailer of camping equipment. On April 6th, Jacob's bike, trailer, and almost all of his camping gear was found by Ranger John Bowie, six and a half miles up Sol Duke Hot Springs Road, but Jacob was nowhere to be found. Are we talking about a motorcycle or a bicycle? A uh, bicycle. Like... Pulling a trailer on your bicycle? Yeah, like a... Let's not be very big. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't a huge trailer, but it was... uh, Like
0: one of those little things you just sleep in, right? You just crawl into sleep in? I don't know. How much is that way that you could
3: pull it on your bicycle? I don't know.
0: I'm not an outdoorsman.
3: Hmm. (laughs) Yeah, and that's that's one thing about Jacob. He was a very experienced outdoors person. Like this is something that he did for fun and... I'm going to look this up while you're talking. Did all the time.
1: I'm just trying to gauge how big the trailer might be and how much equipment he might have with him.
3: Now I'm picturing like a rickshaw
1: carrying all this stuff behind him.
3: <laughs> I think there are crime scene pictures of like the the trailer and stuff. So I mean, like,
0: is that is that considered a trailer? Then, like, like that? Yeah, I guess something small like that. I don't know if you can see it, I
3: don't, I don't see how you could pull much more of that. Yeah, that's kind of what he had. That's kind of what the picture okay. looked like.
0: Like you said, you, you throw in some clothes, a few, I don't know camping tools whatever you guys use out there i don't know a hammer or plywood and don't
1: don't do any such thing and then you just sleep back there i guess
0: yeah
3: the first strange thing that they found was a bow laying on the ground next to his bike and there were some arrows sticking out of the ground and out of his trailer aside from that everything was in working order rangers checked the sold duke hot springs resort but no one had seen him right, the arrow shit already freaks me out. Yeah. what what the fuck is that? (laughs) Yeah, that's weird. I just picture feral people, like, trying to blow out his tire or something. Wrong turn! They were using arrows! That's exactly what it reminds me of. On April 7th, Rangers found a list of phone numbers among Jacob's possessions, and they started reaching out to everyone on that list. Once they got a hold of his sister, Mallory, Rangers confirmed that what was missing out of his trailer was a water filter and a backpack that held a water container. Like that's all that his sister knew of that he had on him for sure. This was a lead that the Rangers were already thinking about that Jacob walked to the hot springs and potentially fell in. And that part of the water would have largely been frozen at the time. So he slipped in and couldn't get back out. From what I read, With how the rangers were thinking, it's not the first time it would have happened and probably not the last. Uh Makes sense. The following day, the sheriff's office sent out 30 people and tracking dogs but found nothing. On April 12th, trackers from Olympic Mountain Rescue were sent in to search. They found evidence that someone had changed out of hiking boots to running shoes, walked along the river, and fell in, leaving a skid mark on the moss-covered rocks. So this kind of sealed it for them, like, all right, he fell in. Teams of dogs began searching on April 13th. Two cadaver dogs hit on a log jam, which could have meant a corpse was trapped underneath. And it also could have meant that some materials from a dead body washed in from the bank and the molecules would have attached to a log and the dogs would pick up on that. But all the log jams for 12 miles on either side of the area were searched, and there was no sign of a body.
1: Again, nowhere to be found.
3: On April 15th, Clallam County Search and Rescue started a search, and with the help of volunteers, they worked the west side of the river on Olympic National Forest land, as well as the inside of the park. Again, there was no luck, and their search was scaled back on April 16th, 2017. During that scaled back part of the search, a pair of Burnside shorts in Jacob's size was found a couple miles downstream, and he had been given a similar pair as a Christmas gift. So they sent this to the crime lab in, uh, in Seattle, Washington, for DNA testing. In July of 2017, search resumed, and more than 100 search and rescue volunteers from across western Washington searched along the Sol Duke River, but were unable to find any sign of Jacob. All they have is this pair of shorts. So three months in at that time. Yeah. Still nothing. On August 10th, 2018, a team of biologists traveled up the mountain for study purposes and found Jacob's remains, clothing, camping gear, and his wallet. He was found close to a ridge above Ho Lake, which was 5,300 feet above sea level and about 15 miles upward from where his bike and trailer were found. So safe to assume the original searchers never made it that far up to look for him? No. And obviously he did not fall in the river. Yeah. So 16 months later. 15 miles away. Mm 5,300 feet. Adding to the mystery was that his body wasn't found near a trail. At the time he went missing, it was very snowy, and climbing in that area poses a real threat of causing an avalanche. And like we said earlier, Jacob was really experienced in being in the outdoors in this area. He would have known that you can't go climbing that area. Callum County Deputy Coroner found that the official cause of death was inconclusive, as Jacob could only be identified through dental records. He had a cigarette lighter and insulated clothing and plenty of food with him at the scene where his body was found. But the authorities believe that it's likely he died from hypothermia because there were no signs of trauma or anything like that. Maybe he just, I mean, it's 15 miles a long
1: way to hike for an experienced hiker like that.
0: But in the, in the snow and in,
1: I don't know, out of his boots and running shoes. Yeah, that's a weird part of the story. And, the also shoes, and also yeah. why? And also Why? But maybe the running shoes was a mistake. They also thought he fell in a river and he was nowhere near there. Maybe that was something else. Right. Maybe he just planned to go up the mountain. He brought enough to camp for the night and he was going to come back and something happened. But I thought he changed into his running shoes. Well, that's just what the cops say. I don't know that. It's well, not proven, right? His boots right? were
3: gone. and His running shoes were, his they've, boots were there. Yeah, it, they, they said they found evidence of someone changed out of boots for running shoes. I don't know if they were. Determining that based off the footprints in the area? Yeah, and not see. finding the actual boots, maybe. That's a good question, though. Well, it would
1: be weird, too, if you
0: found those prints. Why then just stop and change yeah. your running shoes?
1: I don't know. The,
0: the, I mean, as an isolated incident, yeah, I feel like you can say, well, he made a mistake. He just went traveling. But then you look at how many thousands of cases there are of Yeah, it's the like, patterns, oh, right? It's just
3: there's, there's something going on there's just this whole thing is just full of those weird questions like why was his bike parked where it was it had no lock on it in full view of traffic with the gear laid out like like it was ransacked yeah Mm. like he just was in the middle of doing something with his trailer and just took off
1: yeah i mean 15 miles up the mountain's a long way for yeah someone to take him if they were robbing him or, or something like that that's just not plausible yeah, that's a bit far uh one of the what, what was
0: the other story we did not diatlov the one where the guys with uh, <laughs> developmental disabilities were kind of hijacked in the yuba like, county like, five Yuba county five yeah. was that a bonus show it was mm-hmm. fuck that's another great show if you're not on patreon i highly recommend but that was that story like because they took them like, forever, right? Like, they found some of them in, like, a camper, like an abandoned camper, didn't they? Yeah. Like, that's that was a, another wild Well, one. We, it's believed that they were hijacked or, or kidnapped, right? That's one theory. That was a theory,
3: but that was like yeah. a, it was like a minor league Dyatlov 5 type story. Yeah, a lot of times it's kind of nicknamed the U.S. version of yeah. Dyatlov. That was a good one. One of the big kind of what-the-fuck questions with this one is, <laughs> why were there arrows stuck in the ground yeah. in his trailer.
1: That's fucking weird,
0: dude. <laughs> yeah. We That's talked a- about this on one of the recent episodes. Maybe it was on the, uh, the cool down show where we were talking about this. But like, remember that Art Bell call we did at Halloween where that guy was in his camper and heard like these thunderous noises outside and then he went out and there was five boulders surrounding his camper. Oh, yeah, remember yeah. that? Like, yeah. I still think about that all the time. Like I, I hope that that call was real, just for the fact of like, what the fuck
3: could that have been? Wait till the end of this episode, buddy. You'll be thinking about this one for a long time. All right. <laughs> Look, if the guy flying into Area 51 was real, then that yeah. one <laughs> <It's true>. certainly. <laughs> and off.
1: I think we've all pretty much confirmed that that well, was 100 percent a shoot. How could it? Yeah. Yeah. Those yeah. sirens
0: were going on for what about 20 minutes? <laughs> he still hadn't reached where they were going to shoot him down yet. <laughs> And then Arch is like, oh, my, I think we've lost connection.
3: (laughs) I think you're making a miscalculation. (laughs) Uh,
0: We recently just got back on the Coast to Coast app, right? You've been back listening to it. I have, too. They re-upped their app. Dave, you're going to need to get on it. We have a a Mm. Necro account. Some of those old shows, they're just so great to listen to. I'm listening to one now where it's uh, uh, weird people. Is the title. And it's a call-in show about <laughs> weird- Weirdo west
1: of the Mississippi. Yeah. Here and there. Well, it's it
0: encounters with weird people on, like, dates and all this stuff. Oh, that and sounds fun. It's just so awesome. I, I My favorites are the call-in shows. Mm-hmm. I don't like when he has guests as much. I like the call-in yeah. shows. Or, like, the one I listened to when he was talking about the the Montana Freeman. Oh, yeah. Uh, That's he was, one of your favorite ones. Yeah, because he was taking a bunch of calls for that one, too. And it was just... Art would have two d- callers on, like, with different viewpoints, and he would just let them go at it, <laughs> and he would moderate, and he'd poke at both of them. That was a really good episode. I don't know if we'll ever do that one, though, because it doesn't necessarily meet our,
1: our ghost-to-ghost Halloween stuff. It's true. But we can really do whatever we want, though,
3: so. That is also true.
0: <laughs> we could do our art bell showing next
3: month if we want to. <laughs> I do like the Halloween tradition, though. The last two questions with his things, like how how did Jacob get that far up without proper shoes on when when that area is known to cause an like not a huge avalanche but it can cause an avalanche, which indicates the
1: snow is deep enough that would give you significant trouble climbing
3: the mountain in tennis shoes. Yeah, and he was very well clothed, like the the clothing he was found. His remains were found. Were high level camping clothing, like the insulation and stuff. So mm. you wouldn't think that he would die of hypothermia with that on, especially if he had a lighter to yeah. start a fire of some sort. Right. And, doesn't he had, add up. and he had food that was pretty much untouched. Doesn't add up.
1: What kind of food, like ration type food? Canned spaghettios. Of course. What else? I mean,
0: you pop the top, you can just eat them right out of the can. Come on. I had a can of of cold raviolis
1: (laughs) for lunch today.
0: Ravioli's good. (laughs) Ravioli's one of the ones for sure that I think tastes better out of the can than warmed up. Like room temperature ravioli. You sold
1: me, man. I do it all the time.
0: Beefaroni also. You just got to watch the splash effect,
3: though. Like you got to
0: wear like a napkin in your shirt. (laughs) because They do splash if you're not careful.
3: They do splash. Yeah. I gave in and did that last year. <laughs> ate cold spaghettios That's out of a can. fucking awesome. I know. That's
1: pretty good. You're like, I, don't I was at, at your home.
3: house. I ate like four cans of your
0: spaghettios.
1: <laughs> Dave wakes up for <laughs> breakfast. He was
0: about to have a can of
1: spaghettios. He's like, Where the fuck's my
0: spaghettios? Go downstairs. There's just Ian passed out with four spaghettios in his <laughs>
3: living room. The lids are like stuck to his forehead.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's also the night we thought we were going to get a walk home or a, or a, oh. a ride home. We had to walk. And it was snowing like snow mixed with rain. I don't remember. Mike took off at a
1: furious pace. Like, where are you going, fella?
3: You were power walking. I thought it was a
1: recording (laughs) night. Yeah. Well, it's like mall walking. (laughs) Power mall power walking doesn't start till 10 o'clock on Sunday morning. Here's the thing. Where are you going? I
0: am an expert at walking home from parties. I move at a military pace. I do not have time to lollygag. I'm trying to get home. Oh, yeah. If you You lollygag, you will be attacked by deer. You can't lollygag. They go after the slow ones. Me and
3: Tate, you were just walking in normal pace. I remember, pace like, just like way I was walking, of
0: and the next thing I know, like, you guys, are like, wait up. I turn on, you're, like, four houses behind me. You were speed walking. You were not yeah. just walking.
1: <laughs> it was, like, three o'clock in the morning. I was, I walk <laughs> at a... What this fool
3: doing? I walk at a
0: military pace. A
3: military pace. I gotta I was, get home. Had his core over his shoulders. Yeah. He was speed on a mission. Walking.
0: You hear the ice. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> That's my walking pace. You hear the ice sloshing around in there. Those
1: elbows are flared way out <laughs> to the side.
0: Well, you know, the official rules of speed walking is you must always have one foot touching the ground.
1: Like you can't have
0: both in the air at the same time. That's one of the official rules like the speed walking mm. competitions. So I've mastered it. I always have a heel, toe,
1: heel, toe, heel, toe. Do you often walk and both feet aren't touching the, at least, I don't well,
2: yeah.
1: understand. Because the point
0: is, like, you get, you'll you get disqualified if they see you, like, almost start to, like, jog or run or, like, gallop. So you always have to make sure you keep one foot down, which, if you're trying to walk as fast as you can, that gets very difficult. <laughs> Big into ESPN, The Ocho, speed walking.
3: I feel like I remember trying to talk to you, like, me and Dave were trying to talk to you, but you were so far ahead, like, you couldn't even really hear us.
0: Yeah, it was 3 a.m. I wanted to get home in eat spaghetti Why are you guys having like a leisurely walk? In the snow? Yeah, in the snow, no less. <laughs> Come on, guys. What's the holdup, huh? Come on. Yeah. Also, that's the time when, like, you know, every, every, all the animals attack. You just got to get home. I was not meant to be outside at 3 a.m. unless I was drunk and speed walking home with a cooler. <laughs> and I had already worked out that if I was to be attacked, I would swing the cooler at the deer's head, and that would be my defense mechanism. Fair enough. Alas, now I just have to walk about 10 houses and I have yet to spot an animal other than like a, what is that in my backyard? Like a groundhog or a woodchuck or something? Yeah, lots of those. Yeah. There's a retention pond in my backyard and uh, tell you what, those fucking frogs are loud.
3: (laughs) Jesus Christ. Anyways. So people have a ton of theories on what's going on with these cases. Like we said earlier, David Plato stays away from giving his opinion on what's going on and just sticks to the data. People have thrown out everything from interdimensional portals to things like Bigfoot or Skinwalkers. There's also theories of foul play. Some people point to serial killers that have been known to operate in national forests, like Gary Hilton or David Carpenter. Those are very real Real threats, And I'm sure those two aren't the only ones that have ever uh, done something like that in a forest. There's the theory of feral people or wild men that we're going to focus on later in the episode. But a very popular theory is alien abduction. This next case is one that people who subscribe to the alien theory point to as the best proof of aliens being behind some of these disappearances. Well, all right. I don't know what the fuck happened to that guy. It's very scary.
1: Oh, to, to Jacob? Yeah. No. I mean, we kind of discussed it as we were going through, but...
0: Fuck, I don't know. A lot there's of these the, stories the, the, don't... The, like you said, the, the pattern, the consistency of how much this happens just leads you to believe there's something going on. If this was a one-off case, I would be nitpicking yeah. at all of this. Oh, this happened. all oh, this. But there's just so many of
1: these that, like, what do you, what do you say? I mean, most of the stuff we talk about doesn't really freak me out, but I was reading this today and people talk about, you know, the... Your spine tingling when you read that kind of stuff. And that doesn't normally happen to you, but I had music on loud, so I couldn't really hear. And I just kept turning around behind me. I thought feral people were coming up to attack me.
0: In your own home
1: now. I was sitting in my office reading.
3: These stories are a little, they're pretty scary. I feel like the oddest thing to me is when people are found really high up where it's like they shouldn't have been able to. Well, that, to, that they it, couldn't have gotten there or yeah yeah like last year we cover or two years ago we covered a case i can't remember the little boy's name but he was like four or five yeah and he yeah. ended up way on way top up. yeah and his clothes weren't ripped up like an animal drug him up there those ones creep me out as when people, like rugged territory and i think they even found him like it wasn't
1: physically possible for an adult you know hiker to have made it up that far to that point yeah. in the
3: time that he which the two guys that found him were like professional yeah. hikers and like, they the said fuck? it was even hard for them. Nope. Some weird, man. I don't know. In this next guy that we're going to get into, he, his doesn't happen in a national forest uh, or even in the United States, but it's a really fucking creepy disappearance. And it's mm. one that the alien people point to as an example. 411 abroad. Yeah. Okay. David Place has books about that, too. Australia, stuff like that. Happens. Really? hmm Well, they're all missing,
1: right? It doesn't exist. <laughs> I think they get a bunch of fosters, go for a walkabout, and then they get lost. I love them. we still talk about fosters because
0: they get so fucking hot about it. Or we've had people be like, I'm fucking 45 years old. I've never even seen a fosters in my goddamn life. Um,
1: just so you know we don't drink fosters
3: here yeah right and we don't like, drink. what are you talking and we about we don't drink
1: Miller Light here <laughs>
3: <laughs> so this next one is the case of Zygmunt Adamski went by the nickname Ziggy great name on June 6th 1980 Ziggy Adamski then 56 years old went for a walk to some local stores where he lived in Hornfield Crescent Tingley Yorkshire in the United Kingdom The town has 117 names. (laughs) (laughs) Too much going on there. He went out around 3.30 p.m. and was never seen alive again. Five days after he disappeared on June 11th, a coal yard worker, Trevor Parker, found his body on top of a 10-foot high pile of coal at this coal yard in Toddmorton, around 20 miles from Tingley. He was wearing a suit, but his shirt, watch, and wallet were missing. On the back of his head, neck, and shoulders were strange burns. His clothes were said to be, quote, improperly fastened, and Ziggy's hair had also been cut in a, quote, roughly cut manner. And worth noting, too, I forgot to put it in this part of the outline. He had this really weird green ointment that was used to, like, seemed like it was used to treat these burns. It's weird. Another odd detail was that there was no coal dust on his body or clothes, which would have been expected if someone drug him up there. Or if he climbed up there, it was like something or someone picked him up and just put him on the top of this pile of coal. Yeah. Hmm.
0: I would imagine it's not easy to climb a pile of coal. You're gonna be slipping
1: and rocks falling and not without getting dirty. Yeah. Like I'm picturing and- someone with a crane, lifting him up and depositing him <laughs> right at the top. I was also going to say that the line, what's the line in here? The improperly fastened clothes just has a men in black kind of ring to it like they were trying to put his clothes back on they really they didn't, didn't know, know how, to do. how to do it so they don't know how to yeah. dress the guy yeah <laughs> like his you know his shirt's like tucked into his zipper hole in his pants like weird shit <laughs> like the guy in the men in black episode who didn't know how to
0: work the tape recorder and was running around the party <laughs> trying <laughs> yeah. to record
1: people weird shit like that
0: that's a weird thing yeah That Men in Black episode became like the most low-key hilarious episode I think we've ever done just because those guys are so fucking (laughs) weird and like terrifying, but also just hilarious. I would love to run into one of those guys. You see, like, I always think when Ian described it, like, a just group of men in suits just running house to house in a neighborhood. And, like, you're just outside
3: watching, like, what the fuck are these guys doing? Oh, the, the bit they, about we, them destroying the mail. The mailboxes. Yeah, they're right. just taking the mail.
0: And you're just like, because, like, they look slightly off. They're not quite human-like. Yeah. And they're just all, like, like expressionless and wearing their suits. And you're like, what the fuck is <laughs> happening? <laughs>
3: But that, that pops up in a lot of uh, alien abduction or different things. Mm-hmm. They don't understand how to use really basic things. Like, they right. don't get it. There's one specifically, ab- an abduction one I want to do, where they this woman had a blanket, like a special blanket that she always took around with her at hotels and stuff. And they couldn't figure out how to put it back on her once it was taken off. Mm. Like they were putting it around her neck and they, like they just couldn't a blanket. Fig- yeah, blanket. Like they couldn't figure it out. Is there even a wrong way to put on a blanket? Like they were trying to tuck her in. They were like, it was basically like <laughs> we don't know how the fuck this thing works or what the purpose of it's this Complex is. machine. They're like putting her like in a cocoon. Like,
0: <laughs>
3: like just tucking it
0: under right, her like right. a fucking burrito.
3: <laughs> but yeah, that's very that that clothing thing, I agree. It's mm-hmm. really weird. James Turnbull the coroner, told the BBC in 2003 that this case was the biggest mystery of his career. One of the things he pointed out was that although Ziggy had been missing for five days, he only had one day's growth of beard. Turnbull said, quote, The question of where he was before he died and what led to his death just could not be answered. Eh, I know some grown men that couldn't grow a beard to save their life. I didn't
1: think their five-day growth is... Equivalent to my one-day growth? I don't know.
3: I'm not sure what that proves. I don't know what the science is behind yeah, that. Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> Well, unless this guy was known to have good growth. On That's
3: true, yeah, on yeah, it. if they're coming at it from that, and they actually had that knowledge, sure. Turnbull also brought up that strange green ointment, and it couldn't be identified by forensic scientists. Thorough checks failed to show any record of him being treated at any hospital during this. Was five missing days because that's what they thought. It's like okay, he had these burns. There's this weird green ointment. Maybe he ended up in a hospital for a bit and some yeah, were trying to treat him. Sure, but they could just never. Anybody that looked at samples of that that ointment couldn't. They mm. couldn't figure out what it was. You like saying that word ointment, don't you? Ointment. 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 Is that a fun word to say?
1: Ointment. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Just one of those words that conjure up, like, I don't know, like just a greasy fucking. maybe rub this ointment on my (laughs) cot. I just popped a blue chew.
0: And as Garth Brooks would say, and the thunder rolls. (laughs) (laughs) It's a thunderous erection. That's the joke.
1: Oh, I got it. I've never heard that song. Everybody knows the thunder rolls.
3: I don't know if I know that. It's right. one of
1: Garth Brooks. That's a it's song. Rolls, Thunder Rolls. Thunder Road. Isn't nope. the name of the song? Nope. Thunder oh, that's, Road. I believe that's Bruce Springsteen. Oh. I thunder always thought rolls, that Garth Brooks, Garth Brooks was Brooks. Thunder Road. Nope. Thunder Rolls. It's actually about Oh, Thunder Rolls and the Lightning strikes. strikes. Now it's coming to me, yeah.
0: Another fool moon. Pop, pop, pop. On a sleepless night. Huh. It's about a guy who comes home <laughs> comes home late at night after cheating on his wife. And so, actually, this is fun little fact. I feel like we've talked about this before. There's like a hidden verse that he actually wrote, but it, like it didn't make the radio. I'm not even sure it's on the album, but he will perform it live. So, a guy comes home late at night in the middle of a thunderstorm. And when he, his wife's worried about him all night. And when he comes in, she like goes to like, give him a hug. Like, Oh, I'm so glad you're safe. And you know what? And she smells like another woman's perfume Mm. on him. He's been cheating on her. The hidden verse is she goes back to her bedroom, grabs a gun and shoots him. Oh, that got pretty dark, pretty intense (laughs) fucking song. It really is. But I think he only does like the shooting version on the live, uh, when you like, you see him live.
1: Well, no chance of that ever happening. So we're gonna take your <laughs> word well, for when it. I was a little kid. I
0: think that was my first ever favorite song, and I had no idea what it was about. I was like, "This is a cool song."
3: Does he do the "I've Got Friends in Low Places" song? Oh, yeah. oh, awful. So at my hillbilly high school, not right, awful I to go to. Garth Brooks is one of the greatest performers of oh, all time. Oh. They played that song at every school dance, and I felt oh. like. well. That I, seems a little much. I died a little on the that's inside. A, that's a bit extensive. Every time it was played, I just kind of apart my soul. Down Friends in Low it. Places. Yeah. Yeah. Blame it all on my roots.
0: Oh, I, so I showed up in boots. Also, people stop karaokeing that song. We get it. But everybody, at least every karaoke I've ever been to, that's done at least one time. Ugh. And it's like a seven minute song. Ugh. It's like six Move minutes,
1: on.
3: 50 seconds too long. Move on. Awful. That it's might be my awful. worst memory of high school.
0: I mean, that would be bad having that at every dance. Yeah, or played once. You You know, know?
3: disagree. (laughs) Everybody like got in a circle, like arms together, like dancing. Oh, that's Uh, fucking worse. Uh, Cringe.
0: Why do people have to touch
3: each other like that?
1: Like just like, do you listen to that like regularly? No,
0: but I I I like (laughs) I
1: don't listen to any country regularly.
0: I'll go through phases with it. But like, and Garth Brooks isn't even like a go-to of mine, but Mm. I mean, I'm pretty sure like concert wise, he's one of the most successful of all time, right? Like people still talk about like, he's, he's up there with like the Michael Jackson of like the greatest concerts you can ever go see, like three, three and a half hours long and just partying the whole time. That's just one I've seen. I have never (laughs) seen Garth Brooks live. Can you imagine sitting through three hours of Garth Brooks music? I'll tell you this much. I would go to Garth Brooks before I went to Michael Jackson any day of the week. Uh, no. (laughs)
3: <laughs> no, no. Well, I, I like Michael 100%. Jackson. We've already established this. So. He's,
0: I like Michael Jackson. I would take Garth Brooks over Michael Jackson any day of the week. Also, you can only go see one of them anymore. So, this is true. <laughs> you make a valid point.
1: I'd still go see Mike. I'd rather dig up Michael Jackson's corpse <laughs> and lay in his coffin for three hours with him, than go to a Garth Brooks concert. <laughs> All right, no. I'm not lying. I'm, I'm not exaggerating. Have at it. I think you
0: guys are very unfair to country music at times. Uh, I stand very firm in that. Yeah, I, yeah.
1: I'm unwavering. In I've heard the music you disdain. guys listen
0: to. It sounds like a fork in a
1: garbage disposal.
0: <laughs> I'm not saying country actually the turned
1: me into a great new band today. I was listening to it all day. Fantastic. Okay, cool. sharp, sharp tooth. Yeah, really good. Female led hardcore band. Yeah. Good stuff. Maybe they're good. I don't know. Probably not up your alley, Mike. Probably not. They don't maybe. really yodel and sing ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> lyrics. Yeah. That uh no,
0: they don't sing lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Sounds like me at a bad hangover. <laughs> How do we go down this road? Where are we right now in life? I have no idea. I do not uh to be clear, do not celebrate country music that much. I just don't hate it. Hmm. That's all. How do we get on Garth Brooks? What the fuck were we talking about? Oh, thunder Resurrections, Thunder Rolls, Killing Husbands, the end. I thought it was Thunder Road all this time. But I think that's a Bruce Springsteen <laughs> song, isn't it? Isn't Thunder that's Road a Bruce th- Springsteen song? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> know, speaking of overrated, Bruce Springsteen, don't get me started on him.
3: Yeah, I don't like that either. No. Yeah, I don't get the hype behind that. Nope. Maybe this will be a new thing we can add to a music podcast.
0: I like it. I would do a whole podcast shitting on how I think Bruce Springsteen <laughs> I
2: mean, that'd be all right.
0: I get it on I just don't get it with him. Like, nothing's good. His voice isn't good. His music's... Like, he's... It's all right. An average like- guitar player at best. Oh, he's like with Prince. Like, what the fuck?
1: Why? I don't like Prince either. Prince was a musical genius, though. I acknowledge and admire his talent. I just didn't really care for like, the music. He might be able to play the instruments
0: well. I have all never of heard He s- can play
1: every. Oh, OK,
0: I've never heard a song of his and be like, yeah, this is good. They're just all like, "Eh, OK,
1: I yeah. guess. No, That's not great. Like,
0: some people like it. Some people like country. Fine. Some people like metal. Fine. Everyone likes what they're like. But some of these people, like I just don't get how they get super popular. Like any country
1: artist. I get I know what you mean. <laughs> hey, that was an interesting left curve.
2: We'll see, <laughs> we'll, we'll see you guys next week. <laughs>
1: Left turn. When I say? Left curve. Interesting left turn. Is that a NASCAR joke? I'm a little loaded.
0: Sorry. <laughs> I know you just told us you want to open up Michael Jackson's casket.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Have at it, pal. That's your thing. Go on. I'll
1: get you a blue chew.
3: So the coroner ruled that Ziggy had died of a heart attack. But there were still a ton of questions. Some speculated that Ziggy had been abducted by someone and killed for reasons unknown. Others thought that he had been taken by aliens and his body was dumped there on that pile of coal after they were done experimenting on him. The alien abduction theories were given some life by a guy named Alan Godfrey, the policeman who had been called to the coal yard when Ziggy had been found. In November of nineteen eighty, five months after the Ziggy incident, Constable Gottfried had his own encounter with a UFO less than a mile away from the coal yard. No shit. There you go. That's some circumstantial shit, huh? He was a very well-respected police officer and made a sketch of the UFO and later under hypnosis told a story about being abducted by aliens on this UFO and And given a physical examination by two non-human entities. That's code for anal probe. (laughs) Yeah. Getting the Barney Hill treatment. I'm a blame. (laughs) In early 2018, Godfrey, now at 70 years old, told the Yorkshire examiner that the story he told under hypnosis was probably just a dream. He said, quote, I never said I was abducted by aliens but he believes that it is possible that Ziggy was taken by aliens and he said, quote, I'm open-minded, I can't rule it out. Godfrey definitely doesn't believe Ziggy was murdered, although he said that a senior police officer in 1980 believed that he had been killed and believes that he didn't die where he was found but had been placed there, quote, by someone or something. He went on to say, quote, he was on top of the coal pile on his back with not a bit of coal on him. His eyes were wide open, and he had burn marks. Why would he climb up a stack of coal? There was some ointment on the back of his neck. Samples were sent to home office laboratory, which couldn't identify it.
1: I mean, you'd be covered in coal dust. Yeah. As you climbed up. Covered.
3: Right. Very odd. Very. Do you like saying ointment again? Godfrey went on to say that he would never forget the look on Ziggy's face. He said, quote, those eyes were staring up at me. I was looking down on him from a foot away. Those eyes sent a shudder down my spine. They were wide open. He had a look of someone who had seen something or someone that scared him to death. There would definitely be some stardust on Ziggy, right? If the spiders from Mars got him. Sure.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: You think that's what happened? Speaking of good albums (laughs) and good music. Oh, yeah. Now you're talking.
3: Yeah. David Bowie, for all you that don't know. Love Bowie. I do love David Bowie. Neil Beecham, who in 1980 was a reporter on the Morley Observer, said, quote, Mr. Adamski's mysterious disappearance 37 years ago has always troubled me and is a topic of conversation for the tight knit community of Tingley even to this day. Going back to the coroner, James Turnbull, he also told the BBC that he wasn't convinced of any of these theories relating to paranormal stuff. He said, quote, the question of where he was before he died and what led to his death just could not be answered. Yeah. So what's a
1: plausible physical explanation for what happened? This one just makes absolutely no fun. I think if there
0: was one, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now,
1: like outside of you know, hoisting him up on a fucking crane and dropping them.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you t- it's like I try to picture it in my head, like he's on this top ten foot pile of coal. Yeah. His clothes are all fucked up and not put back on the right way. Like his suit jacket was back on, but not his shirt. Right. Improperly it, fastened. Right. <laughs> and his hair's cut all fucked up. Like it's not a normal haircut. Right. It's all chopped up. He's got burns on him and a weird H- and what, cream. And- <laughs> A salve, a salve, if you will, a gel based
0: paste <laughs>
1: ointment <laughs> with no coal on it at all. I don't know. I don't know how you explain that. And the UFO that was seen a week later and was within a mile away. Yeah. Explain that, Mike. I don't know. Hmm. Maybe Garth Brooks can write a song about it and
0: explain it. I would like to say that this guy did, did call this did, guy did call bullshit on his hypnosis experience and said, "Yeah, no, that was probably just a dream I had. That never actually happened to me."
1: Hmm. I don't know. That is that's odd. It is odd. I love the name though, Ziggy. Cool name. That was a badass nickname. Remember the Californication guy, Ziggy. Who hung himself in the closet on the bathroom door, auto That's erotic, right. asphyxiating he was, like the
0: he was the producer <laughs> yeah. for
1: uh, one of the shows. They were trying to get that movie made.
0: Yeah. I forgot his name was Ziggy. You must you watched that one recently, didn't you? No, I just
1: remembered Ziggy. Oh, damn, I would not remember his name. Charlie goes to take a piss and he and closes he's the door and he down. says.
2: Wow,
1: <laughs> oh, good episode.
3: So we kind of briefly went over a bunch of the theories that people think of with Portals, aliens, all that stuff. But the one that we wanted to focus on was the feral people or wild men. I figured we'd start this off with a quote from someone speaking about the Dennis Martin disappearance, which we talked about in the first Missing 411 episode. I'm on the North Carolina side of the Great Smoky Mountains. Lived here my entire
0: life. All of us here know what's in these woods and mountains. Since the 30s or 40s, there have been feral wild men living in these mountains They are fast. They will snatch livestock and snatch children. The FBI knows. It's why they do not get involved. I've heard other stories that were some attempt to kill these feral wild men, but they still exist. Even today. I'm not talking about some end-of-days extremists who took to the woods. I mean feral. Completely wild men. They have their own language. Living underground. We did not go into the woods at night. During the day, we make sure to stay on the trails. Sometimes you will smell it, that putrid smell. At night, you'll hear them hollering, supposed inbreds. The locals around here know what happened to Dennis Martin. He was snatched by one of the feral wild men. It's not uncommon for people to go missing here. They're normally found. But you'd also be surprised at the number of children that simply disappear. The FBI has covered up for years. Where do you think the movie The Hills Have Eyes came from? It's true. I hear them from time to time. Disturbing sounds. They live all up and down the mountains here in national parks and forests.
1: Holy shit. (laughs) That scares the shit out of me, that kind of stuff. I've been to the Smoky Mountains lots of times.
3: Yeah? Oh,
1: yeah. I was down there last week. Just imagine those people, uh, you know, living in the forest, doing whatever. Well,
0: imagine where it's like, yeah, you just, you don't go in there at night. That'd be terrifying. How do you sleep at night?
1: Don't Just imagine them busting through your door and... I wonder, like, didn't they clear out the people that lived in that area to, to make the national park, like, in the, the 30s? Like, is it holdovers from families that lived there that didn't want to leave when they bought
3: out their land and made them all leave? I don't know that much about that, but... Yeah, I, I wonder how much time alone out there would make you, like, a feral person. Mm-hmm. Like, could some of these stories or things imply that this is there's generations.
0: yeah.
1: Right. Oh yeah. Like for they,
3: sure.
0: On and on and on.
1: Yeah. We discussed a couple of weeks ago, I think, that that soft white underbelly video of the the West Virginia family. Yeah. So I think I don't I figure what
0: episode it was even on, but there was it what was it called, Dave? The documentary on YouTube? It's the, the 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 guy's video series is called Soft White Underbelly, and he just He rolls up on this Backwoods family. Yeah. In in West Virginia, is it? I don't Yeah, West Virginia. Okay. And 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 he knew him from before. Like he had interviewed him years ago. And he stopped by to see him again. Yeah. And it's as it's as wrong turnish, like kind of inbred feral as it gets. Like these people aren't necessarily like in the mountains in the woods, like hiding. They have like their little house, mm-hmm. but like only the two old grandmas can communicate. Right. The rest just like the one guy sounds like a yapping dog when he's yeah. trying to talk, just right. going like, Wah!
3: And more, they're like more they're or less asking yeah. him
0: questions
1: and he just is like talking to them going. Ah, rah, 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 and, and, you know, so that's real. I mean, yeah. is this really that much of a stretch that there's right. one level further down? I and so, think so if you want to see that video, look up whatever David said.
0: the soft, soft white, white underbelly. Yeah. And, and if you just Google, you know, he's got a whole, he's got
1: a bunch of interviews like with prostitutes though, or, and yeah, but, kind uh, of the underbelly, I don't want to say that that's not what I mean, but. But kind yeah. of people that are looked down, the downtrodden of society. And, and it does, I mean, these people aren't even a part of society. Yeah. They're so way off the beaten
0: path. But it's, it's creepy. That's just that what, like, what happened to that family?
1: Clearly, there's generations of something going on. Sex workers, I apologize, not prostitutes. I got is reprimanded. Prost- is prostitutes no longer okay? I, I thought sex worker is the correct term. I got reprimanded for one of our shows, so I tried to use the term sex workers. I didn't realize it was so for offensive. Saying,
0: for saying prostitutes? No, somebody I thought that was like the like the the most official name.
1: I think we were saying hookers. We were throwing the term hookers, and someone mm. advised me that that is not an acceptable term. Sex workers. Sex workers. So as to not to
3: offend people, when, when I can remember, I try to use the term sex workers. I get it. When this person is talking about wild men speaking their own language, there's one of the most terrifying pieces of audio that I've ever heard as an example. In the early 70s, a guy named Al Barry and his friend Ron Moorhead went into the woods of the Sierra Nevada mountains in eastern California and caught on audio what some people say are Bigfoots talking and others say that it's wild men I personally think it's wild men. And then after reading this Navy linguistic guy, his examination of this saying that it's in his opinion, it's human vocal cords, making it speaking. <laughs> a, and he says that it's clearly a language, but it's not a language that we would, yeah. that we know well, let's hear here. And just to set this up, the, the louder sounds you hear are Al Barry and Ron Moorhead mimicking what they, what these supposed feral people are saying trying to communicate with wow them. and moorhead that's a great surname <laughs> that was my wife's surname before she
1: got married moorhead and then she married me now it's no head i'm kidding <laughs> it's not true <laughs> here's the clip
2: whiskey beer tequila more beer more vodka
1: Uh, Am I I feral? Because I understood every word of that. I I hit the wrong button. That's the feral mic. Uh, Oh. We're going to move on to the roof. I understood every word
0: of that. So count me in. I'm a
1: wild man.
3: There we go. Rain for a night, Bill.
2: for your
0: you be mocking
2: it
1: (laughs) (laughs) or trying to communicate yeah you
0: just be shitting your pants if that was
1: outside your camper and they're yelling trying the i don't know man Like
0: i would be as quiet as possible
3: and then i would try to get the fuck out of there so they were they were kind of like holed up in this this wooden kind of shelter that they had built out there according to according to the story and they were like holding onto the door real tight and and like but all then that. why
0: making noise and
1: trying to communicate? Like why not just lay low and hope that you just don't get seen? That
3: voice at the end there sounded like it was right outside the door. it sounded close. And then the banging was oh, man. them like hitting like hitting rocks together and stuff. Was that gunshots at the beginning? No, that was them hitting the rocks. That was the rocks at the beginning. Yeah, them banging on rocks. Mm. The when you tell when it sounds like a per more like a person talking all that mm-hmm. it's. Fucking creepy. Yeah, like some of them sound like bird noises and whatnot. But that guy talking at the end, man. Yeah.
1: Ooh. Yeah, shitting pants, not yelling, mm-hmm. shaking. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not, that's I'm not, terrifying. I'm not mocking or trying to communicate with them <laughs> like doesn't end well for you. Like, please, Mister Wrong Turn, let me go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I won't tell nobody.
3: <laughs> well, in the in the, the other thing in that in that sound clip too is when they start making that kind of howling noise and then it almost sounds like more come out of mm. wherever because mm. then they start saying like oh there there's two now and they're talking to each other <sighs> and we're gonna get into here in a little bit some some other eyewitness accounts that kind of lead to that where they can they call out to each other and more show up it's just so, this so underground cave network of fucking god knows how yeah. many of them the people Ooh. are just separated from society to the point where they're oh, actual yeah. animals.
0: That's though what's terrifying mm. about the video that we just talked about before this with the, uh, what's what's it called again, Dave? I'm, yeah. Soft white underbelly. Soft white underbelly. And then you'll have to search, search like West Virginia. Mm-hmm. I forget the name of the family. Um, I'll find it here in a minute. But like, I'm not sure how far that family has like an underground network and what exactly they're doing. <laughs> right. But just the fact that like. You know they're about as close to feral as it gets, and like have their own means of communication, is uh, is just terrifying. So in that video, in that clip, are we supposed to think that was only two different people communicating allegedly?
1: Yeah. Sound like a lot more to me. Who knows what was going on out
3: there? Is it generally accepted that that's real audio then? Yeah, yeah, they've given. All the audio equipment that they've used mm, that they okay. used for that you know the specifications on all that yeah. stuff um and like i said i can't remember the guy's name but there was a navy linguistic guy that said that he in his opinion yeah. that it was a legit audio and it was legit human vocal cords just and it was a real language he, he said you could tell it's a language but <laughs> not one that we just, know yeah just no. not one that, Anybody in society of any form of society around the world is aware of. Wow, can you imagine? Hmm. So it's
0: it's uh, inbred family, the Whitakers. The Whitakers. Whitakers is the family, and it's you know it's inbred. It's I don't know. It's different,
3: but anyways, it's crazy. Reports of wild men date all the way back to the eighteen hundreds, and I found a lot of uh, like newspaper type articles, like just quick reports, and so just go through some of these. 1851 green county arkansas a supernatural sounding man covered in hair runs away from farmers jumping 13 or 14 feet at a time with footprints that measure 13 inches the sighting reveals that there have been several in the area over the years that was on june 28th 1857 st louis a man discovered a lair in the wood he seems to have survived on cats claimed to be from new york and to have lived in the woods for 36 years. He was about 40 years old. He leapt over the policeman in the court and escaped. It's from April 16th. You must have read the same books as him, Mike, eating pussy to survive. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. 1870, Utah. Some backwoodsmen met a naked 40 year old with a vast club. On Fall what of kind the- of vast club? <laughs> that was mine We're talking about.
0: Like, oh, Mike, that's Mike. He's got the vast club. And then I go, Woo. never know where I'd show up. You never can tell. I'd be in the quad in the middle of campus and just hear, back up lo- for backup. Be on the lookout, everybody. <laughs> Mike took his blue chip
1: (laughs) and the thunder rolls
3: (laughs) on following his trail after one of their horses were killed they came to a cave with a set of soldiers buttons that led to the writer to think quote that he is a man lost from Freeman's command in 1846 that was from August 18th like an army deserter or something Yeah, so there was a lot, I read a lot of theories about uh, some of this being linked back to guys from the Civil War, that when they came back, they just, they had, you know, some issues, mental issues, things like that, and went out into the woods and Mm. never went back into society, or some that got lost. Just got stranded out there. Yeah. Yeah. They found Japanese soldiers, like in Guam in the 70s, they've
1: been hiding out since the war. Yeah. Crazy. How did you fight a war without Twitter back in
3: the day? (laughs) Like, just to tell you what's going on, right? Like At least for, like, logistical support, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) 1874, Nashua, Ogle County, Illinois. A very strange wild man this. He comes out at sunset with a pasteboard mask and a yellow and white uniform. He has long gray hair and sometimes walks on all fours like a bear. He can make extraordinary leaps... He stole a roll of carpet from the station master. That's <laughs> so what the fuck. That's- <laughs> Not a carpet
1: thief, too. <laughs>
3: that, that, I, I, picturing a feral person wearing whatever the fuck a pasteboard mask is. Just leaping 20 <laughs> feet in the air. Walking on all fours. 1879, Hills Ferry... Some hunters saw a completely naked man twice in the woods. On the second occasion, he was banging stones together. There you go. September 19th. Same family. Stone bangers. Uh, Another one from Illinois. 1887. A wild man had been captured after a dozen men had wrestled him down. He had no language and had five foot long hair. September 20th. Where's the picks? Pixar, it didn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) Right,
1: 1887, had cameras. Come on,
3: they were all walking around with them. What's going on? Uh, And here's a report from the Smoky Mountain area from 1973, July 13th, 1973, near where Rough Fork
0: Creek intersects with the end of the main Cataloochee Valley Road. Seasonal National Park Ranger Charles Hughes had a violent encounter with a quote wild man of the Cataloochee. Hughes was checking up on fishermen along Rough Fork when he met a man with a fly rod and a heavy beard. When he asked his name, the man replied, I've got no name. I've lived in these woods all my life. When the ranger demanded to see his fishing license, the man reached into his heavy canvas hunting jacket for a pistol. During a prolonged scuffle, the ranger succeeded in punching the man in the face, but failed to subdue him. As Hughes attempted to turn around his vehicle and drive up the narrow gravel road for help, the wild man heaved a large rock at the ranger's jeep and broke a window. Hughes then sped to a nearby ranger station for backup. Subsequently, a group of rangers and volunteers tracked the man by bloodhound along Rough Fork well into the night, but never found him. So this one's a little different because he speaks. Yeah, where did he learn the language? Yeah. This just kind of feels like a guy who didn't want to be bothered with. Yeah, and he was just
1: like, I've lived here all my life. Get the fuck away yeah, from me. I'm fishing. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah. We need to uh, license the fish. I mean, technically you do, but... I mean, that's what
0: the guy was... Yeah. Just trying to eat dinner, man. Let him go. Not everyone has the luxury of walking to the grocery store and buying delicious delicious frozen fish sticks like we all get to <laughs> nowadays. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I don't love fish sticks, and I understand how gross they are, but every now and then, fish sticks I'll are so sticks.
2: fucking good.
0: <laughs> and I'll, I'm like, i just straight up dip them in ketchup. So damn good. Tartar sauce, even if you have it. Yeah. I have nothing against fish, too. I just feel like whenever mm. I make them, even if it's in the oven, they're just still always soggy. They're just mm. always soggy. Mm. You can't get a good crisp really? to them. Mm. I always, I don't know. I always struggle. I Maybe I'm just, I'm buying them and I'm keeping them in the freezer too long. I don't know. It's like seven years old. Yeah. <laughs> These fish sticks, it's a little soggy. When'd you buy them? 2014. <laughs> Every now and then, too, when I'm really hating myself, I go to McDonald's and I buy two Filet-O-Fishes. And I just fucking run train on them, and it's so good, <laughs> and it's so damn good. <laughs> Have you had a filet fish? So good. Like they're they're so bad, but they're so good. <laughs> it's just like it's like a, it's a large square fish stick on a bun yeah. with tartar sauce.
3: I feel like every time I get one of those, they always just like. Like, half-assed or the cheese on there Every time. It's not melted. The sloppiest
0: made sandwich (laughs) you will ever get. You'll have the bottom bun to, like, the right side of the box. The fish then is halfway off that. The cheese is halfway off that hanging out of the box. (laughs) And, like, the top bun is just thrown in there on the side. Like, that is how it is. They're like, no, no, no. We just give you the ingredients. You build your own sandwich.
3: I wonder if there's something... Hard about making a filet of fish that it just pisses them off, so they just fucking throw it all in there. Oh,
0: another non-meat yeah. eater! I'll show you. <laughs> I, but, I mean, like, like what? I wonder how that would be more difficult. You pick know. it out of the fryer. You throw a slab of cheese on it. I'm, just, mm. I'm I also trying like, to think why that sandwich is always <laughs> it's just it's a always shit so
2: fucked up.
0: I always think of the office too when they're cleaning out Michael's car, and Ryan's like, "You got like nine filet. Of fish. <laughs> 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 I didn't order those all at one time." <laughs>
1: I swear those used to be twice as big when I was a kid. Filet fish, the
0: filet fish, and the McRibs so used to be delicious, now. Dave.
1: We get it, but the original not. McRibs were very tasty.
0: Every now and then, I still miss the McRib because it's just something different, and it's not terrible. It's, it's not just good not anymore. It's not the same. No, but the I don't know the filet fish. If they have it on sale for like a two for four or something, I'll occasionally get it. But like, like we said, like you have to get home and then build it yourself. <laughs>
3: like you have to make it. I got them not that long ago, actually. Their tartar sauce is actually really good, mm-hmm. I think. Like, I pulled I, I pulled off the bun to fix the cheese. Yeah, you have to. The, the, there was, like, barely any tartar sauce. I'm like, what the fuck is this?
2: <laughs> you gotta add your own tartar sauce yeah. then, right?
3: <laughs> you always gotta have some backup
0: tartar sauce at home. God, now I want some fucking fish sticks. <laughs> you
1: know what I found not too long ago? When Arthur Treacher's, of, there's none of those around anymore. So I drove the one across of South- town. The one at Southland closed, right? Long time ago. Oh, yeah. It's a pizza place now. So fucking good.
0: The boys at Pod Van Dam love Arthur Treacher's. Man, like, so But they good. like their chicken flanks, I guess. Those are, are good, to too. Good. It's all I good. have not had Arthur Treacher's in probably 20 years. Mm. Not that I don't like it. There's just not around. And I'm not going to. I don't travel for fast food. <laughs> he has standards. No. <laughs> That's why it took me until like the last couple months to have Popeye's chicken sandwich. I'm not going
1: out of my way for fast food. Popeye's just released a blackened chicken sandwich I read today. Hmm. I would try it. How about that? The problem is there's so few and far between
3: Popeye's that when you go, the line is so fucking long. Mm. It's ridiculous. So the last one we're going to get to is the story of Mike Woolley from December of 1981. We talked about his story briefly on our first episode, but I wanted to go into more detail because I think it was just like we loosely brought up feral people or wild men. I was like, oh yeah, I read this story online and we didn't go into much detail. Mike arrived at his deer stand located on an old logging road in an area of Louisiana that he had hunted frequently and parked his vehicle halfway down the road, walked to his tree stand, climbed into it and waited for deer. After a while, the sound of an animal running through the brush caught his attention. The sound had been a small doe which ran directly toward his stand and hid beneath it. Wooly initially thought that the doe had been chased by a larger potential mate and he sat back and waited for a buck to follow. Instead of a buck, a large man covered in short hair appeared and headed straight for the doe. The man approached to just a short distance of 20 yards before it stopped and became aware of Wooly's presence. The man looked up at him and his face turned angry. said, like, quote, as far as a Bigfoot, I thought that was something that only existed out in California. I thought that was something somebody made up to make money off of. He <laughs> <You> thought Bigfoots <laughs> were only in California. <laughs> <laughs> Wooly watched the man for several moments. Eventually he raised his hunting rifle and looked at the man's face through the scope. He said quote The face was too human, the eyelashes, the teeth, the jaw structure, the forehead. The face was light brown, like it had a dark suntan, but I couldn't pull the trigger because something told me this ain't right. It's not the right thing to do. The man growled at Wooly in a way that reminded him of a lion's roar. To which a loud whistle came from someplace up the ridge as like in a response to this roar the man became alert to this and responded with a similar whistle then looked back at woolly mike woolly jumped out of the tree stand and started running up the road attempting to get back into his truck he looked back and the man was now running after him woolly made it to his truck and turned around to fire a warning shot he then got in his truck and left and watching behind him through his rear view mirror, a second man who looked the same as the one that was chasing him came out of the woods and joined the first feral man that Wooly had seen. And they just oh, watched him drive dude. away.
1: Dude, <laughs> a close call, man.
3: But that's why I was talking about like the whistles
1: like within yeah. that clip. What if they would have just surrounded him at the bottom of his tree stand, and he couldn't even get out. That's
0: what I was thinking like, holy shit. That took a lot of balls just to get out even in general and like mm. start
1: running. I mean, even if they're surrounding you, what are you going to do? But oh. all these stories
3: just sound like <laughs> wrong turn. Right? They're absolutely terrifying. So, yeah, he thought it was Bigfoot, and when he got a good look with his wow. scope, he was like, "No, nah, that's that's a person." Mm.
0: So, I mean, that's what Bigfoot is. Just in general, it's a feral person, people that and then people think it's Bigfoot because the only photos they allegedly have of it are from from so far away.
1: Well, I think it's 100% legit. I think there's fucking feral people out there doing stuff. Yeah. So that's what you're
0: going with, feral people, final answer, not aliens? I mean, you got that guy on top of the coal pile. (sighs) I can't explain that one either, though. (laughs) Fuck. That was in the UK, though, right? That wasn't here. It's maybe different. Maybe they don't have feral people over there.
3: That's true. That one could have been an alien. (laughs) (laughs) I I think that I I think I land on still where I did in our first episode that I think a lot of these probably are feral people responsible for it. Boy, it sure seems like it, doesn't it? That's the only thing that can make sense that makes sense in my mind. Stay home. I'm uh, a echo your advice. (laughs) Don't go to the park, man.
0: Don't go camping.
3: Trails are all right, I guess. Like the uh, what do you call it? The trails here, the metro parks. Yeah, you're probably okay there. I yeah, think you're safe. There's no one feral going to get me uh, on there. Allegedly.
0: Yeah. You never know. Tell me I'm um, missing 411
3: on the local metro parks. Hmm but you know we watched that you i don't think you watched the sasquatch documentary did you i have not seen that yet so we watched that mm-hmm. and then remember, there was a part where they were talking about big where they were actually talking about bigfoot like the first 10 minutes and that was <laughs> yeah. that. but they were talking about how big some of those national forests and all that stuff how they are how big they are mm-hmm. and how something easily could hide there yeah like they were showing an overhead shot and it's like fuck yeah something could oh happen, yeah you know? enormous so who knows i mean there could be a whole community of people living somewhere in there it's just so much bigger
1: than you can even think about or fathom
3: yeah i read this story one time about these people who
1: snuck into uh like some sort of nature preserve because they didn't want to live in the city anymore and they they just set up these cabins in the middle of this nature preserve and they just to get away from society and they had like these monster masks that they would scare the kids with so they wouldn't leave (laughs) (laughs) wait Oh, that's that M. Night Shyamalan oh, movie I thought, I thought you were going to The Village, do you remember yeah, that? Yeah. I think I've seen The Village I'm like damn he doesn't know what I'm talking about
0: Womp womp Where's your thing that you used for me on trivia? You suck <laughs> Alright so we got any final thoughts?
1: I mean we kind of just covered it all but anything else? It's creepy I'd like to see something solved. I mean, I don't know. Just people missing and you never finding out what happened to them. is just a terrible thing. So I I don't know. And you feel
0: bad for the families who just get no closure on
3: any of it.
1: Yeah, it's really bad. You don't know
3: what the fuck's going on out there. There are so many of these cases, too. So many. Online. I mean, I just picked out these three and, you know, the one wasn't even a national park, but it gives an example of that whole alien idea. Mm. But I mean, tons of them. Ones where people go missing, and then miles this way, you find some of their stuff. Miles, a couple miles down, you find more. And it's like yeah. really rough terrain. It's like, well, and I think if I remember correctly, I don't remember the guy's name, but it was like in the halfway point, they found his boots, but then they found more stuff miles away. It's like they're like, that guy, he couldn't have yeah. walked with yeah. no boots on. Mm. Just really weird circumstances. Just don't go out alone, I guess, is the best. If you're hiking, don't hike ahead. And stay in groups. Yeah, it's one thing he has, David Politis has on his website, is like a whole safety thing. You know, things that you should do when you're doing stuff like that. Yeah,
1: it doesn't seem like whole groups are getting abducted and they're just, you know, maybe snatching people that get too far ahead or behind their party. So stay together. Be
3: excellent to each other. Look Be out for excellent. each other. <laughs> I wonder what he thinks. I mean, he doesn't publicly say anything, but I I really wonder what, like, behind closed doors, what he thinks it is. It'd be interesting to talk to that guy sometime. Yeah.
0: Well, I wonder even, too, what he might even know that he still doesn't share or publish. Yeah. You know, like, maybe he hears things about different stories where, you know, someone, like, off the record tells him, but he's like, oh, no, 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 I'm going to stick to just my facts and, you know maybe he hears loose odds and ends about different investigations that he's
1: like, what the fuck? Yeah. He's plugged in for sure. Not to that one case, but he's plugged in <laughs> everything. He's else. trying yeah. though. Not for yeah. lack of effort. I'll have to find a photo of him just for that stash. What a badass. Looking <laughs> dude. He is a cool guy. Cool looking dude. He's got that like Magnum PI look on yeah. the stash for sure. All right. Anything
0: else? Missing 411 part two, two years in the making.
1: Yeah. No, no, yeah, we'll see you on part three.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> in a couple of years time. Yeah. probably who fuck who
0: knows all right uh we got some patreon shout outs tonight thank you very much to new patrons zsa 80 joey b 127 our friends over at hashtag history Ian, you just did a show with them recently i
3: did on the saint valentine's day massacre thank you very much to them
0: uh veronica Harless, sarah melvin noah salem lucas lee Travis Osterhaus, Steven, Maddie B, Manic Zebra, Amber Nelson, Amber Abbott, Sean Fanuff Jr., Deanna DiSalvo, Hurt Medic 00, Strict Sharky 69, Candace Johnson, Joanne Harris, Heather Diaz, Sarah, Rachel Coleman, Tita Nuth, Amanda Pratt, Kylie Balgiar- Baliarjian, Trisha Miles, Paul, Julie Walsh, Spooky Salem, Dolores Rodriguez, Ben Baez, Rosemary, Abby Clamaco, Jonathan Johnson, Bigfoot Pussy Punch. Hell yeah, there you go. <laughs> Lottie Rogers, the moldiest cuckoldiest cuckoldius.
1: Sounds like some cream pies are (laughs) past their spoil date. Fuck, man. Uh, Christy Graham,
0: Ashley Neal, Carter Cito, Scatterbrained, Sheridan Williams, Elizabeth Ernest, Lindy Peralta, Nadine Wilkinson, Angela Danger, Stephen Kluwer, and Samuel C thank you all very much we appreciate it we are at patreon.com slash necronomapod uh ian what do you got
3: for itunes i have one for elijah wickersham cmssep average jomo and the huey factor thank you guys for the awesome reviews all right dave you got anything else uh no
1: i i I guess just that the moldiest, cuckoldiest should probably get home and take care of that cream pie. It's <laughs> rotting away. Yikes. That's all. Doesn't sound fresh. Some good advice. Definitely not fresh. We are on
0: patreon.com, Instagram, Facebook, you know, patreon.com slash necronomapod. Getting ahead of myself. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter at necronomapod and amazon.com. Search necronomapod for the latest merch. Currently, there is still no international shipping. Does not look like that's coming back at this moment. Just to Mexico. Just to and Canada, right? No Canada. But if they go to the Canadian
1: or the U.S. store, they can't get it shipped? Nope. No, just Mexico. Someone asked about the, the day and I checked. and They don't publish rules or anything, but uh, Mexico's good. No Canada. Very odd. And I'm in the middle of having everything uploaded to the U.K. store, but most of it's up there now. So you should be good in the U.K. store. So if
0: you're at the U.K. and then U.K. ships to a lot of Europe... Some yeah, places, I some think.
1: Not everywhere. They have weird, weird shipping stuff. How much we can do about it, though? And then, of course, they don't ship to Australia because they don't recognize it. United States store ships to Australia, but it's
0: very, very expensive. Oh, well, there you go. If you're from Australia and you want something, well, it's going to be a little bit pricier. Yeah. How much but you can do? Any hoodles. All right. We appreciate you guys listening, and uh, thanks so much.
3: All right. You guys ready for a cold down beer?
1: Cheers.